0: Well, hey there, and welcome to Live It Out, a podcast here at Centenary Church in Lexington, Kentucky, about faith and the 21st century. What does it mean to live as followers of Christ in a post-Christian society today? Each week, we're going to have the amazing opportunity to talk with people across the globe who are committed to walking through this life with Jesus and hear their thoughts and experiences of the Christian life in an ever-changing and hurting world. We hope that this encourages you and helps you in any way. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. Welcome to Live It Out, and thanks for joining us today. I'm James Williams, lead pastor of Centenary Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and I want to urge you not to miss an episode. Each week, you'll hear from some amazing leaders in Christian community, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast today, and we'll remind you of upcoming programs. I'm honored today to have as our guest, Carol Ward. Hers is a story of a one woman's commitment, really. Uh, she she has had much help throughout the years in her ministry, but in the beginning, she was called, she answered that call to make a commitment to God, and she had a love for a group of people that God equipped her to be in ministry to in some outstanding ways her journey and her story uh, begins by stepping out in faith she prayed with a very sincere heart lord send me where no one wants to go well that's a dangerous prayer but although she was told repeatedly by u.s authorities and other organizations this is amazing that if she went to where she was being called to she would come back in a body bag she would lose her life And in spite of that, Carol, through her faith and the power of God, has been transforming lives in northern Uganda and South Sudan for the kingdom of God for the last 14 years. Carol Ward, welcome to Live It Out today.
1: Thank you so much, Reverend. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Yes. absolutely i'm I'm just uh having you in this time has been so exciting to me. The more I have learned about you, I thought I must speak to this lady. I must talk to her about what God has done through her. And as I've been doing my research on you a little bit, I noticed that a foundational scripture for your ministry is Isaiah 18, 3 and 7. And I'd just like to read that. Is that okay? Yeah, it says, It says, All you inhabitants of the world and dwellers on earth, as soon as a standard is raised on the mountains, you will see it. And as soon as the trumpet is blown, you will hear it. And at that time, a gift will be brought to the Lord of hosts, from a people tall and smooth, even from a people feared far and wide, a powerful and oppressive nation whose land the rivers divide, to the place of the name of the Lord of hosts, even Mount Zion. Why, Why has that been such a foundational scripture for your ministry?
1: Well, because Isaiah 18 represents South Sudan, it is actually the place of the Kushite people where the East uh, western Ethiopia populations overflowed, uh, not having any boundaries in those days, but overflowed throughout South Sudan. So they're very tall. They're very dark, smooth-skinned. They're very fierce warriors. Uh, the Nile River is divided right there. And so when we look at the promises that Isaiah spoke that we will be bringing from South Sudan uh, offerings to the Lord of worship and of the sacrifice of their lives. It's a promise we hold on to and and live by.
0: Absolutely. Well, as I look at what has happened in that country historically, and you've been there, I believe I'm correct for the last 18 years, right?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: And, And as we see some of the dangerous times in that land, you have been bold, so bold, and you have been given uh, many pieces of advice to stop your ministry. And other missionaries in that area have done just that because it became so dangerous. But I want to talk a bit more about that, Carol, but tell us about your background and where you were when you received this first calling.
1: Well, I was working as a nurse in Oklahoma, but I had grown up in the mission field in the Philippine jungle with wicked Bible-translating parents, and my upbringing was in the middle of terrorism, and so my dad translated the Bible for an Islamic group, and my, the, my playmates were the, were the children of terrorists, but we knew no fear. And uh, and so live by faith, live by prayer. And so I had the blessing of having that uh, embedded in my heart and character and calling, even as a child with a longing to take Jesus to every tribe and every tongue that have never heard his name. So as I was working as a nurse in Oklahoma years later, uh, I was uh, doing home ministry with uh, heroin addicts and foster kids and numerous things, but yearning for people groups that had never heard Jesus's name until I received a call to come to Uganda. And this is about 19 years ago and work on a Bible school campus for one year to give the missionaries a sabbatical. And uh, so that was my stepping stone into these nations of Africa.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and so you, You did go there, and God began to really bless that ministry. But you've been given some advice over the years to to leave that area. Could you say more about that?
1: Yes. Well, the first year was pretty safe, obviously. It was in southern Uganda. Uh But we had 150 students from five East African countries represented there. And that was a training ground for me in learning to to raise up and train bush training pastors. Well, these gentlemen from northern Uganda, where there was a 20-year horrific war led by a dictator, Joseph Kony, um, and then South Sudan, with 62 years of civil war, were begging me, please will you come? Please will you come to the north? Everybody else is evacuated, and I think God has forgotten us. And that's what they said. And my heart broke. I said, why have they evacuated? Well, these are horrific war zones. And uh, in fact, later when the UN discovered the war after I was living up there, they said it was the worst atrocity since Hitler. So I realized this was the place i had been praying. Send me where no one wants to go. U.S. Embassy had evacuated expats, missionaries. And it was off limits because of the death uh, that was already happening, a thousand people a day being killed and uh, so so this was the place that I knew God had put on my heart, and it called me to go. Uh, but the embassy told me then if you go, you're going to come home in a body bag, and so we take your name off of our roster, you're as good as dead. mission organizations told me the same thing: we can't cover you or have your blood on our hands, and so I just uh, told my little pastor in Oklahoma, I need to go, and they prayed for me, and, and I went. But I went with God. I didn't go alone.
0: Absolutely. You were not yes. alone. And and mm. what are some ways that you've encountered some of those dangers since you've been there?
1: Well, the typical, it's guerrilla warfare. And when these rebels, um, whether they're uh, Coney's you know, uh, people in the, his LRA army, uh, child soldiers abducted or others that uh, kill or be killed the type of mentality. They put on the uniforms of uh, the government soldiers that have been killed. So when you see uniform clad people, you don't know whose side they're on. And as I not the first time I drove up there, but later as I was entering into Sudan, uh, I was, you know, about to drive into a three hour bloody ambush on the road, which this was happening every day. But I continued going missing ambushes by minutes because people needed Bibles and they needed help and they needed hope. And uh, so I went on these treacherous roads. At times I would be stopped by the military saying, you can't go any farther. And I'd say, but I have to go. And we'd get the Bibles out in our car, those uh, team that, members that I would have in the car with me, nationals, and read the scriptures out loud knowing that was our safety and protection. Hmm. At other times I've had the rebels jump in the car and take me offline from the road and say, uh, where your escort do as we say. And, and what typically happens is they, they rape, they rob, and then they mow you down with AK 47s and burn your vehicle. And so when that situation has happened more than once, I grab a Bible because that's what we live by. And I said, Lord, if this is where I am to lay my life down, I'm ready. And so I'll live by your word and die for your word. And so, uh, I I grab a Bible and ask them in an excited tone of voice. I'm so glad you're in the car with me. Have you ever seen one of these, you know? And I begin distracting their attention with the word of God. And I've watched God invade that situation. And after some hours on the road where our team has kept driving, um, instead of listening to their threats, God has captivated their attention And more than that, captivated their hearts, and they've received Jesus in those situations. So uh, God has divinely protected.
0: Oh, absolutely, Carol. (laughs) That is so amazing. And so as you've Mm -hmm. encountered these rebels, what you're telling me is that you began to read the scriptures out loud. And even once they've agreed to go with you as you drive, you're also witnessing to them in the car.
1: Yes. Yes, and and at times they've jumped in the car without our permission. Yes. So uh, there's not often times to read, Reverend. So many times we have to know the scriptures Absolutely. in our mind. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: hmm
0: That's beautiful. So. Uh, and what about have you have you ever had a conversion in in that situation?
1: Oh yes. Oh yes. And in fact, most of the time they do get saved, uh, and so. They're they're uh, convicted by the power of the word, by the passion that's coming out of me for their salvation. And that becomes more important to me than the thought of death. And so uh, I've already laid my life down for the Lord to use me. So I've said whether I live or die for me to live is Christ to die is gain. And then I realized that it becomes a threat to the enemy because you can't really kill a dead man. So it doesn't matter if it's life or death. And God, God brings them to salvation probably 95 percent of the time in
0: these cases. That's so beautiful. Yes. Well, I'd like to also talk to you about the children. And uh, yes. in, in many of these children have been trained to be soldiers to kill And you actually rescue these children from that life and uh, um, help educate them and place them with families who will care about them. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes. And this is um, sometimes uh, human trafficking, sex trafficking. These are uh, youth that are right out of prison. They, They imprison children at the age of eight years old on up because they're used in crimes. These are fourteen-year-old girls that are hired by politicians or criminals, not hired but abducted, and they are forced to um, to do prostitution with an enemy of, of of these people that have abducted them, and then and then murder the same night the people they prostituted to. So horrific things. And um, and and drug dealers and they're running from the police, sleeping in coffins, filling the streets with no, you know, hope. No parents oftentimes are dead or killed and um, and and crime is, uh, you know, out the window. But as these kids have been coming off the street, one after the other, the gang leaders first and the and the prostitution leaders first getting saved they're bringing in groups and groups. We we have 50 to 100 coming to the Lord at a time. And crime dropped from 80% to 20% in the northern region of Uganda, where we got a, a letter from the desk of the president saying, we don't know what's happening there. But the transformation in these former criminals and murderers and all of these atrocities, is they come to look at. They come to see the work themselves, and they sit and weep when they see the transformation.
0: Yeah, and the president may not understand what's happening, but you know and I know that the Holy Spirit is at work. And moving among those people because of your great Mm -hmm. faith. And, Mm -hmm. and I know that you are just a vessel and you know that Carol, but your faith is so strong. It's, I want our listeners to understand that that kind of faith can move mountains. And God can yes. do amazing things if we just step out like you have done and yes. and these and these kids too they they have so much trauma when they when they actually come to you, and you all do that trauma counseling with them as well, right?
1: Yes, we do, and it's based on forgiveness, and we see tremendous results within a week or two, even healing of the heart, healing of the mind, the emotions, the memories. And when people learn to forgive and release um, their offenders, perpetrators, those that have done injustices to them, they find themselves free and free to be healed and free to reach the calling and destiny of God for their lives
0: and Carol, yes. this doesn't just happen across the sea; it can happen for anyone who's listening today yes. um, and uh, you you have you have really overcome some some great things in your life in order to, to do what you're doing today, right?
1: Yes, yes. Um went through tragic um situation um even as a nurse in Oklahoma of, a, of an arranged marriage and an abusive situation and God yes. in his grace set me free. I have three beautiful daughters serving God today. And uh and then threats on my life and diseases of all kinds and Trusting God with no income and uh, everything I get, I give away. And so, you know, sometimes we eat potatoes and water. We live on bugs and grasshoppers and I'll sleep on dirt floors and mud huts. And I go through gunfire and ambushes. We're still going northward in Africa with teams of five to six hundred trained indigenous missionaries to take the gospel into dangerous areas where the government still says it's off limits, there's tribal wars or naked headhunters or unreached people groups, because they're in such a need for the gospel, the same privileges we have with the Mm -hmm. word of God. They also deserve.
0: Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Carol, um, over the past year, Here at Centenary, we've been focusing on uh, word and prayer. We just finished a prayer conference this past weekend, Mm. and we've been really focusing on going deeper in our prayer lives and becoming what Jesus called a house of prayer, and that's the commitment, that's a recommitment that we're making here, and uh, I noticed that, that your ministry establishes houses of prayer where you are, right? Yes, we do. And is that yes, and is that the would that be a local church for these folks or, or what exactly is that?
1: Well, it starts in living rooms because that's how it started. There, my my first little hut had bullet holes in the wall, and I put a cardboard sign out saying "House of Prayer, seven a seven p seven days a week," and people flooded for three hour prayer meetings twice a day seven days a week because of the war, because of a desperate need to see God in the land, which I believe we are in the same need in America. Uh, But that started the prayer that is never, never, never stopped. And so now it's not in the living room. It is from house to house and the villages and the huts and everywhere we go and all of our church planting movements. It's based on prayer and the church which is the body of believers, whether it's a few in number, or large in number, meeting under mango trees or any scenario, they become the dwelling place of God based on prayer first, which is communication with the Lord, growing in prayer. It is warfare. It is learning spiritual warfare, learning to hear the voice of God, pray the word, Now we have national prayer gatherings annually. We rent the largest stadium we can find in the capital city of South Sudan. And we have 77 hours of prayer for seven days. And national leaders from bishops, church leaders, members of parliament, they come and lead an hour at a time reading the scripture, praying over our land. It's no preaching It's no titles or introductions. It's a platform for Jesus and the word of God. And then in between prayer, we have worship. And then in each one of our mission bases in northern Uganda and South Sudan, we have a house of prayer, which is uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday, two hours in the morning where our leadership training takes place. We pray for the nations and the Bible schools all over the bush and six nations and other missionaries and so on and so forth. And then every noon from 12 to 2, the community misses their lunch, comes in, packs these houses with two to 400 people, praying for revival, praying for governments, praying for our nation daily. It is not a Sunday service because we pull the body of Christ together to pray during the week. But then on Sundays, they can all go to their own Local churches, so it is uh, interdenominational. All the body of Christ comes, youth come, business people, marketplace women, pastors, leaders, government people come. It's just a it's just a corporate gathering of hungry people that are following Jesus and want to see Him move. So that continues to be the house of prayer,
0: no doubt. Wonderful. And, mm-hmm. and how many physical Bibles do you give away every year?
1: Oh, some, it's our our largest number has been 80,000 to 100,000 in one year. And that includes the written and the audio, and uh, in probably 20 to 30 languages in there. And then we're also helping with some translations and so forth. So we kind of keep the Bible societies depleted because we buy everything they have. Yes, I'm get sure out.
0: well, <laughs> I could talk to you as I told you earlier today, I could talk to you for five hours, Mm. and we could do a five-part series. Mm. You don't have time for that. (laughs) Uh, You're you're Mm. actually in the States right now traveling on furlough, and you'll be here until the first of the year. And actually, I'm excited. You're going to be with us here at Centenary in January, and I'm really looking forward to that time Mm. together. But in the Mm. meantime, Carol, how can we help you? What are some ways that folks can connect with your ministry online or, or otherwise? And and how can we help you do this work?
1: Well, that's a, a precious question because there's no way we can do it alone. And the harvest is so huge that the body of Christ participating, uh, you get the exact reward, which is huge return on your investment eternally. So Um, We have property we're trying to purchase in South Sudan uh, for a training campus to train 500 more missionaries to go northern Africa and then into the Middle East, taking Jesus to the Arabic-speaking world. There's a balance on that, three pieces of land for the gift, which is the street kids coming in, a boys' campus and a girls' campus, and then the Bible school campus. There's a balance of 600000 uh, dollars left and um and then there's other things needed like a vehicle here and there. we need a tractor for the farming and um a, and a booster for the radio station and those gifts are in the neighborhood of you know twenty to thirty thousand dollars but then there's other things like supporting a missionary or helping us you know raise one of these youth off the streets and turn them into missionaries and give them vocational training and so. Financial uh, help is, is is so essential, obviously. Our, but prayer, you know, and then coming and visiting us, you know, every, we're welcome. You're welcome to come. And we're looking for missionaries that I can train over there. Right now, I'm the only Westerner, and I would love to train uh, an individual or a couple that's strong in administrative skills. But uh, our website is www.favor international, but that's F-A-V-O-R-I-N-T-L abbreviation.org. So favorintl.org. And there you can send an email, you can get online and, you know, participate in um, part of the support. Uh, prayer. You can sign up for our, our newsletter and get the news updates of what's happening. Very exciting in these in these areas.
0: Great. So favor F A V O R International I N T L dot org.
1: Yes. So international is I N T L. It's not spelled out. It's F A V O R I N T L dot org.
0: Wonderful. And I know that yes. folks listening will want to connect. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad Amen. that you pointed out, I meant to mention this earlier, mm-hmm. that you pointed out that you're the only Westerner. <laughs> you train, mm-hmm. you train mm-hmm. those folks to be in ministry to one another. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yes. We have excellent leadership training. Um, and I do a lot of that. I use other courses like, um, Uh, John Maxwell and many other leadership material, character, principles of Proverbs. But we have five to 600 missionaries in the field at one time fully trained, uh, and that is in both countries, and then another 100 manning the mission stations, women empowerment, the youth programs, and um, excellent management team. So many of them have been with me for 17, 18 years, and now they're training the trainers, which is very, very exciting.
0: And that's so healthy, so healthy. Well, Carol Ward, thank you so much for being with us today here on Live It Out. It's really an honor to hear from you. And I look forward to some conversations with you in the future. But in the meantime, we are going to be praying for you and your ministry. And we covet your prayers here in the States. We need to learn to do ministry like you do it. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. um, I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. for what you're doing and how God is using you. Amen. Thank
1: you so much, Reverend James. And and the body of Christ listening, I'm just honored, I'm humbled, and it does take God's family together to uh, to reach the lost and grow his, his kingdom.
0: It absolutely does. Thank you does. so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And thanks again for listening today. God bless you. Keep praying and keep the faith live it out faith and the 21st century is a production of centenary church in lexington kentucky join lead pastor james williams each week as we engage christian leaders around the world be sure to subscribe today and leave a review of our podcast to connect with us further visit our website at lexchurch.com thank you for listening and we look forward to joining you next week until then love one another and live it out